Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. The rest of the Spooky crew is making their way into the studio because, you know, I don't know. I guess they work on Rockstar Time. So uh, they will be joining us. Stephanie Burke will be here and Matt Moniz. We also have a special guest that will be with us here on the program tonight who has just stepped out for a minute to let Stephanie into the studio. But we're going to talk about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night. And tonight we have a pretty interesting episode for you, I think. It was not the plan. I did not plan it this way because I'm just not that good. But if you remember me saying last week that we were going to be investigating the studio at some point, and I wanted to do it this particular week, it was something that I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. I had no idea when I set it up to be tonight, that today was actually National Ghost Hunting Day. So it's just a little bit of serendipity there that today is also (laughs) the day that everybody's out doing some kind of an investigation uh, or at least, you know, acknowledging the fact that they are paranormal investigators. So if there's a ghost hunter in your life, give them a hug today. Or maybe not because, you know, the pandemic Maybe give them like an elbow bump. But we we are at that point. We ha- we you know we have our own holiday. We have two actually. There's National Paranormal Day. I mean National Ghost Hunting Day, which is today. And then there's I think it's World Paranormal Day, and that's in like May for some reason. So because we live in a world now where every day has to be National Something or Other Day. You know, it's only fair that the paranormal investigators, the ghost hunters, the people that are into all of this weird stuff, that they get their own day. And so today is one of those days. And it's supposed to be today. It's supposed to be the last September, the last Saturday in September because it ties into what's called the world's largest ghost hunt. And I don't think they're doing it this year. I don't think that they're promoting the world's largest ghost hunt this year because People can't go out and do investigations, but it was a thing. We used to have the world's largest ghost hunt every year on this day, but now eh, we'll just do it where we can, and that's what we'll get to do tonight. We'll get to do an investigation here of the Spooky Studio. It's been a while since we poked around looking for ghosts here, but uh, the ghosts nonetheless poke us, so we're going to be dealing with uh, some... You know, some some stories about past employees here. You know, that'll probably come into play. Uh, we'll talk about some of the ghosts that could be following us. That will probably come into play a little bit as well. Uh, you know, for all I know, I brought in this ghost <laughs> when I started doing all these investigations. One of them hitched a ride and said, I'm going to go hang out at the radio station because uh, you can check over there on those ones, Stephanie. There's, um, there's probably... Uh, a few that have said, I'd like to hang out. No, the ones on the top, they don't have one. And uh, we're trying, yeah, we're just trying to get Stephanie's headphones to work for. Or how about the ones that are in there already? Just take the take the one out of those. There you go. Remember when we used to have a Radio Shack and we could go and buy those? Yeah, it was right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order you some from uh, Amazon. So I had them. They disappear. Like, the only thing that disappears worse than one sock in the dryer is the adapters that we need for our headphones here. 
You getting anything? No. Mm -mm. There's no sound. Nothing there. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. All right. Well, I'll talk really loud if that helps. There you go. It kind of works now. Don't move. Don't move. Nobody breathe heavy. (laughs) Don't move. So uh, we're going to we're going to do an investigation here tonight. We're gonna and and it won't be a a, you know a, a real investigation. It'll be as best as we can do while we're also on the radio. But, well, I mean, what's a real investigation anyways? I feel like it differs every time that we do it. I've, I think probably we would not be also narrating it, <laughs> as we will be doing tonight. <laughs> I mean, as we kind of do it. sometimes. Yeah, but that's just for ourselves. Uh, but we'll, we'll do that. We'll also, uh, we're going to be joined in, in a few minutes here uh, by a friend of the program, longtime friend of the show, Seth Breedlove who's going to share with us about this incident that's been going on. It's actually been something he's been fighting for a couple of years now with Amazon Prime over his Small Town Monsters documentaries. But we're going to we're going to find out a little bit more about that. And then Phil Paleologus, the morning mayor, is also now the Saturday Night Superstar. I love it. Because he's here with us tonight to tell us about a paranormal experience that he had here in the station. So we'll find out about that coming up as well. But uh, Phil, you you're not a, a you're not a non-believer. You no. you are a believer in this stuff. Yeah, you know my philosophy is nothing's impossible under uh, God's creation. So you know who am I to limit, right? Who and, am I? Who am I? I'm, I mean I, I mean that from my heart. Who am I to limit His omnipotence? Mm-hmm. You know when you think about it. We limit ourselves in so many ways, so. We definitely do. You know, I just. Uh, and, and Stephanie's still a little salty about this, so uh-huh. I, I will mention it, but don't, don't, if she gets, if she gives you side eye, don't be offended. But, you know, Phil and I went to Lilydale a few years oh, ago. Yeah, and, I, am, uh, I am salty. <laughs> I am salty. <laughs> Next time you're going. Well, I was supposed to go, but someone in this room that's wearing a green shirt right now uh-huh. told me the wrong date to take off. Oh. Right. She was going to tag along with us. So and- he, he had me reserve this whole weekend. I took everything off, but the oh. weekend you guys went, I already had a trip booked to Florida for work that I had to go to. Mm-hmm. So he's in trouble still. To be fair, it was not our call. We were at Ellen Ratner's mercy. Oh, I know. But and as Phil will tell you, you, you do what Ellen Ratner says. <laughs> So I've heard. So I've heard. Well, you really get the side eye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to go next time because it sounded like you guys had an amazing time. Truly. And, and it, it was a special place. And it really it really did, you know, open my eyes to things a little bit differently than I would have looked at them before. Because you're tough. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't know how I was going to deal with walking around a neighborhood where everybody was coming up to you on the street, love and light. There's ghosts around you. Let me tell mm-hmm. you what's wrong. You know, but it was it was definitely a, an interesting experience. I, I, I would love to go back again. Uh, the the other part about it too was while we were there like absorbing the spiritualism side of things we had paranormal experiences going right. on exactly. you know I'll never forget we had Congressman Bob Nay former Congressman Bob mm-hmm. Nay with us and uh, you know for those of you who don't know Bob he's the Freedom Fries guy and we're we're showing him <laughs> Echo Vox. And we took him to, we were, we were at, uh, was it the Forest Temple or maybe where the Fox Cottage was? I think it was where the cottage was. Uh, so we bring him over there and we turn on Echo Vox and, and we're like, Bob, <laughs> if you want to ask questions, you can ask questions. And he asked, you know, what did he, he asked for them to say his name. Yeah. And they said, Bob. He... And he said, <laughs> he said, Bob, what? I said, Bob Nay. Uh, he had goosebumps. This, this oh, I'm big. sure. <laughs> 
The poor guy. <laughs> I think we gave him a heart attack that night. I love doing that to people. <laughs> I love like I love watching him completely twist, squirm, and freak out. Right, right. It's fun for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it was. It was certainly. Um, if you are not a believer. I don't know, you know, if you're a skeptic and you're never going to have your mind changed, I don't know if going to Lilydale will make a difference. But if you're somebody that is already, you know, a believer in it, but you're not sure how far you believe, you can expand the amount of belief that you have. Right. I right. mean, Phil, Phil and I took a, a, a seminar there mm. and we learned about some of the the deeper spiritualism connections associated with what we were learning about. And... Then at the end of the seminar, the big part of this, the big kind of finale, was that noted psychic Lisa Williams, who is the vice president of Lilydale, or she was that year, mm -hmm. uh, she was going to channel and try and communicate with some of the people associated with what we were learning. I mean, I guess we could say what we were there learning about, right? We were yeah. we were yeah. studying mm -hmm. we were studying Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And the and the spiritualism connections to that. Mm -hmm. And so she was actually, she was actually trying to channel with Dr. Bob and, yes. and Bill W right. and to get them to come through. And she did. And she's bringing Amazing. forward information that she wouldn't have had, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and, and I said to Phil afterwards, it's like how much of that is stuff that she could have Googled, you know, that she would have been able to know that kind of stuff ahead In of typical time. Typical Tim fashion. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard Tim and I's meeting, Phil, or how he was with me in the beginning. We definitely instantly clicked, but as, he was as friends. Right. I, I didn't as know how friends. I felt about the medium part. But yes, he was so tough on me and I kind of grew on him, I think. I, I think I, I really opened his eyes to a different side of weird. Really? Yes, I think so. Yeah. We still we still debate about some things back and forth a little bit, but I think uh our stories evolved over the last decade, and I think our experiences have together as well. So, he was he was rough in the beginning. So, were, were you a not not a believer in in psychic abilities? I was very skeptical, oh. um, mainly because there's a lot of psychics out there that you should be skeptical of, and I didn't realize that there was so much to it that I didn't understand, and I was only judging my belief about psychics based on the performances of what I had seen. So, you know, for me, kind of the, the, the psychic I'd maybe watched the most in my life was John Edward. Because right, his show popular. was on every afternoon. So mm -hmm. I would come home from work and I'd lay on the couch and fall asleep and take a nap. And, you know, I'd wake up and John Edward would be on. So I'd sit there and lay there and watch it a little bit. Right. And the... Well, the uh, other one was Sylvia Brown, which was on um, on Montel, Montel but I yeah. I didn't pay attention to her. I I knew well, she was, was the other crap popular one with. during daytime television. Yeah, uh, but you know John Edward had his own show, right? So with that, I'm like, oh well, who's this guy that he's got his right. own show? This is going to be something interesting. And you know when he just would come in with, uh, you know I I I detect somebody with a K, somebody yes. with a K who has a K connection, mm -hmm. and I was like, this is just you know I can do this, and I've done it. You, I mean, you've seen me try and do like the cold reads to be right. funny, uh, and it just it doesn't it doesn't impress me when people are making those kind of connections. But then when you kind of explain to me these deeper connections mm -hmm. that people make, th then it made all the difference. Well, I definitely think you were you were a tough sell for sure, and I wanted nothing to do with even proving anything to you because I usually tell people I'm not a circus monkey, and that's not how this works. But I was determined to make you see a different side of things because I liked you. 
and I figured she was, thought I was cute. Oh yeah, that's exactly no, it. No, yes, that's why he I was, is kind of. I mean, he, he's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not sure how I feel about the green shirt tonight because it's not maroon. <laughs> but let me throw in uh, the the uh, same concern was with the people who uh, started Lilydale. They didn't want folks to think this was some kind of trickery, right? Mm-hmm. Or anything that was, you know showmanship or mm-hmm. you know uh you know and they and that's why they test all the mediums that yes. that work there before they're allowed right. to work there uh yeah. monies if you need an adapter you can probably pop one out of there's a little mixer in the newsroom if you pop it out of that little mixer you can probably grab the one that's in there but just make sure you put it back yes sir i i didn't turn your mic on yet <laughs> yes sir be right back okay <laughs> the um yeah the the idea of being able to communicate with spirits is what today is kind of all about. Right. Uh, you know, and, and Stephanie, I was teasing her and said, you know, when you're coming in tonight and we're going to do this investigation, don't feel like you have to be, you know, psychic medium Stephanie tonight. Be ghost hunter Stephanie, which I knew her as before. I knew her as being uh, a medium anyway, really, uh, because that's what today is about. It's about National Ghost Hunting Day, even though, again, I had no idea that it was. Well, just worked out because Phil had a strange experience and we realized his experience was what we've been experiencing forever, but we thought it was just us that had this going on. So that kind of sparked the idea of what we're going to do tonight. And it just so happened that it fell on National Ghost Hunting Day. So, And, and I brought in some equipment and we might try and, <clears throat> excuse me, we might try and turn on the, the YouTube camera. I'm going to okay. try, but I don't know if it'll work. Uh, certainly we can't like do YouTube like we would normally do right. with multiple cameras and switching shots and all that uh, because we've got this big plexiglass in front of us. Right. Uh, but the if we can maybe stick the camera on top of that and point it into the room behind us, which is where this activity happens. And then I brought in some other stuff too. I brought in a uh, laser grid and I want to thank Mama Cheryl for sending us yes. some, some equipment that we can use tonight. And uh, And I brought in, Phil's very excited to see the Gotcha Ghost in action, the SLS camera. Okay. So we we have that uh, to utilize. And also I brought in my tablet with EchoVox on it, mm-hmm. thinking that we could, you know, maybe try and do a live EchoVox session. And then maybe what we'll also do is if if anybody's up for it, doesn't have to be you, Stephanie, but I'll, you know, you, you can do it if you well, want. Preferably. We can try an, an Estes method uh, to see how that goes too. Although I didn't bring in a blindfold, so I hope you brought yours. Uh I don't know if I have one. I might have one in the car. If, but. if not, Phil can hold his hands over your eyes. That's not creepy. <laughs> oh, no, you know what I have? I have a face oh, mask. Oh, we have face masks now. <laughs> you That's can just right. wear that over Perfect. your eyes. Huh? How's that? All right? That works great. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I have plenty of those in the car, too. I uh, I have to say the last time I did the Estes Method, um, I think the very last time I did it was with you. But I told you I had that really strange experience that it kind of flipped over into. And um, I haven't done it since. So, really? Yeah. So it might be interesting to give that a try. It might get weird. Uh, when, we, when we go on with the investigative part, that'll be later on. Uh, we'll also let people call in with any questions that they want us to ask. Uh, and maybe we'll, we'll try and work some of that in. I was also thinking... And we never really did this before, but we could try it, even though we haven't when tested it out. When you make that face, it scares me. Well, you have Skype on your cell phone, right? Yeah. And what I'm thinking is, we could have you connect over Skype on your phone. Okay. And then have you go into the rest of the building and investigate. 
okay. and kind of report back here, you know, like, and we can listen in. But before we get into that, we're going to talk to Seth Breedlove in just a minute. Moniz, I'm going to just tell you something. I might have seen a UFO tonight when I was leaving the house coming here. Really? Not totally sure. Not totally sure if that's what it was. Whereabouts? I was walking out of my front door and I'm looking into the northern sky. Was and it green? It was red. Okay. So it and, and I got some video uh, that I'll show you later on. It's not it's not good. It's just a light. But I walked out and I looked up over the house uh, over the houses across the street over the pond, and there's this bright red. It looked like a fireball moving in the sky, and then it looked like maybe the fireball dimmed, which could have been whatever this thing was moving, but the red light never pulsated. And there were no other lights around the red light. So is it possible, and it wasn't like a lantern or anything because it was moving in a straight line instead of going down. Uh, Is it possible that there could be a helicopter or a plane or something that would have a red light on the bottom that if it started coming at me, the light would be brighter like it's shining at me? Because I would think it would have to be like a plane flying like this or a helicopter flying like this at a 45 degree angle. No, you would also have to have the white strobes that go with it, mm-hmm. the anti-collision strobes. There is no if, no and, no but. Well, this was a reddish with, it It, it was almost like fire, like yeah. red and then a, a, a red corona and then like a, an orange kind of uh, dimmer part in the middle. And it was moving very slowly across the sky. And it, at one point it looked like it stopped midair. And then just kept going on again. I mean, Chinese lanterns will look kind of red and orange at a distance, but they they generally but, move up and down right. laterally. Yeah. At and, and, I'm, and when I say it was moving in a straight line, I'm not saying like it could have been moving downward at an angle, but it was moving so far away from me and so slowly it looked like it was straight. No, no. This thing went from, and you know my house, you yeah. know where I live. Yeah. It went from one house across the street all the way in a straight line across over the other house and then over the other house and then I could see it all the way back into the distance just going in a straight line the whole time. Well, you know, I've got a report from a person and I got a video from right around the corner from your house. I told you about that a couple of weeks ago. This was this was just tonight. Uh, so maybe other people might have also experienced it tonight. Uh, did you get your, the one that you have, is that one up on the National UFO Reporting Center website? No. All right. We're still holding on to that. I'm going to put mine up, I think. More information. I'm going to put mine up and just see if anybody okay. can explain what this was. Maybe there's, other people saw the same thing. There's places to report these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't do so, aliens. There's two. Yeah. Aliens there are, are not two main thing. ones. Yeah. I did have an experience back in July that I never told you guys about either because I'm ter- still not okay with aliens. Well, we might force that out of you. <laughs> I'm not sure point. how I feel about that yet. All right. Well, we do have uh, a guest. or aliens. Huh? Being forced or aliens? Okay. Aliens. Talking about them. You know what happens when you talk about them? No. No idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you know this or not, Phil, but Moniz is a... uh, They call it experiences. I'm an old-fashioned abductee. And I I call it more, they tried to take them and then they realized what they got and put them back. (laughs) (laughs) It's so perfect. It's not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) Return to sender. All right. No respect. We, uh... (laughs) Listen, it's been almost 15 years now of constant picking on Moniz. When was the last time we saw each other? It's Uh, been a while. The event uh, where we did the uh, band thing. 
Oh, and we were uh, the karaoke black belts. That was a while back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's already gone through two leather jackets since then. <laughs> All <Two> right. guitars. <laughs> he, he plays the best air guitar out of anybody I've ever awesome. seen. Come, come to find out. We have a connection here with Stephanie. Yes. So. You do? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so. <laughs> I've known Phil for a long time. He just didn't know it. Yeah. All right, that sounds <laughs> ominous. All right, let's go to the phones. We have our we have a, a guest joining us here, uh, filmmaker Seth Breedlove, the man behind the Small Town Monster series. He's joining us to tell us about a little bit of something that's going on, and it's been going on for a while with with Amazon Prime, and we want to make everybody aware of this. Hello, Seth. How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? How you been? Uh, alive. We're alive, so that's good. And, you know, you're always busy. I mean, even with all the stuff that's been going on, it seems like you're still getting out there and, and, and getting stuff done. Yeah, yeah. We're putting out six titles next year. So we, um, I think we're actually doing more travel this year than we've ever done before, which has been interesting considering the the current variables we're working around. But, yeah, it's been it's been a busy year. So I saw this post uh, come up, and then some of my other filmmaker friends were uh, alerting me to it as well. Uh, there's there's something that's been going on between your company and, and Amazon Prime uh, for a while. Can you kind of give us a rundown of what's happening? Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing about this. It, it isn't just like STM and Amazon. It's really an Amazon issue. And so having said that, I'm, I'm well aware that the odds of this being taken care of or solved in any way is non-existent considering they're a trillion dollar company and and probably couldn't care less what happens to anyone especially filmmakers but yeah basically um so so in 2017 amazon launched a uh open platform for filmmakers and that's a huge deal because uh you know all the other big subscription services like Netflix and Hulu and all that they're they're closed meaning you have to go through a distributor or a third party you know aggregator to get your product up on the those platforms uh Amazon was uh supposedly creating a uh this this platform with you know video what they called video direct that was completely open to filmmakers like myself who wanted to do this independently and not work with distributors um so what they did is they they opened that up in 2017 actually i think it was before that i think it was 2016 and we were one of the first um film filmmaking you know production companies i guess to really jump on it and um i mean without a doubt i don't think stm would exist without that um, on, I mean, there's literally no doubt. Um, so what happened is over the course of the last three years, they've been slowly uh, just chipping away at, at like revenue payouts to filmmakers. And, and um, Aaron Kadju and I talk about this constantly. I mean, it's been a complete cluster to see what the payouts were the first year this platform opened up to us compared to now. But in addition to that, over the last year, um, what I've really noticed is is a, a, a basically a complete lack of communication between uh, Amazon and their filmmakers that are kind of helping to support this this platform to begin with. And what really happened to sort of point us toward the fact that we had to start looking for traditional distribution for our films is in March 
we were putting out on the trail of UFOs, which is our big, you know, eight episode miniseries about UFOs. And, um, we had submitted the series in late January for approval and it was mid March and the series was still not on the platform. And I was going back and forth with their quality control department, trying to figure out why they weren't uploading the series uh, to the platform. And basically there were, there came a point where they literally threatened to pull every title I had from the platform, basically if I didn't leave them alone. Keep in mind, I'm trying to get a, you know something that we have thousands of dollars invested in on the platform. Everything, I had followed all their rules, everything was done, we had done everything they asked, and it was just sitting there. Um, and that was the first time where I really said to someone, like, this is not going to work, like you're going to, we are going to have to seek out traditional distribution. So in, in in April, we actually signed this distribution deal with 1091, um, which is a, a fairly large distributor. They were owned by Sony when we signed with them, but they've since gone independent. Um, but basically, we, we got a large chunk of our catalog on all these huge platforms through 1091, except for um, our first five titles, and three of those titles are pretty big, Invasion on Chestnut Ridge, The Mothman of Point Pleasant, and Boggy Creek Monster. And what happened is about uh, four days ago, I noticed that those titles were marked as restricted in my uh, creator platform page, and um, I contacted Amazon to find out what was happening, why they were restricted, and why I could not make them free on Prime in the United States. Every other country, they're free on Prime, uh, just not the U.S. So I uh, contacted them, and it took, you know, the usual, like, two days to hear back, and basically I get this generic answer that the titles weren't performing well, and the review ratings and customer, quote-unquote, customer engagement numbers were, were so low that the titles didn't belong on prime anymore, which, you know, like if, if they were some, if, if it was beast of Whitehall and Minerva monster, I could actually see it um, because those titles are so old. And frankly, you know, it was in the very early days of our filmmaking, you know, expedition. So they, they're not as high quality as some of the latter stuff, but um, the Mothman of Point Pleasant had generated over a hundred thousand views in the last three weeks when i checked it right. and, um, and even by the way just even the quality of it like it's still it's still good quality like we're not talking about something that doesn't deserve to be on the platform sure and and if you what's really crazy is if you look at the review rate ratings for those titles especially the mothman and point pleasant it has 300 plus reviews and it's a it's a it's close to a four-star review it's like a three-point 3.8 stars or something like that. Like, it's just under four stars. Um, whereas, I, I mean, I saw tonight, there's titles on that platform that have, like, two stars and 100 reviews that are still sitting on the platform. So their generic answer made no sense. Um, so at that point, I was extremely frustrated and just posted about it and was like, hey, if you guys want to, you know, hit Amazon with comments go ahead it's uh, honestly like i 100 percent realize this is going to do nothing we're not getting through to to people there we're what we're doing is we i have direct contact with their with their video direct uh department or whatever but what that actually is is outsourced 
you know, people who have no information on what's actually happening internally at Amazon. Um, and, and it stinks because when, when we first started using that platform, I actually did have contacts in the acquisitions department directly at Amazon. But over time, that's gone away and it's all outsourced um, to people who really probably are just doing their job and have no idea what's actually going on at Amazon. So anyway, basically what we're looking at is um, the titles, those three titles, really those five titles, um, which would include the Mothman of Point Pleasant, which has a sequel dropping on October 20th. Um, None of those titles I'm able to make uh, free through Prime anymore, uh, which is is a pretty huge deal considering the number of views those you know those titles get. You're looking at an easy probably 1.5 to 2 million views per title over the course of a year. Like every 365 days, we can kind of count on that, especially for Mothman and Invasion on Chestnut Ridge. So, and again, you don't feel like this is anything to do with silencing the subject matter, not targeting small town monsters directly, that this is just kind of a, a, a flaw in, in, in this, this megalith system that they have. Well, I'm, I don't think it's an effort to silence the subject because they're doing a terrible job considering how many, uh, you know, like paranormal documentaries there are flooding that platform right now. I, I, I'm not closed off to it being something aimed at STM, but it would be more, it would, I think when I post about it, I said something about an ax to grind. The only reason I think that could be the case is because I, I literally was like arguing with people through email for like a month trying to get on the trail of UFOs uh, published on the platform. And it turned into a whole like back and forth and they were threatening to pull our titles. Like that's the only thing I can think of you know, where it would be someone with an axe to grind regarding that. Someone posited today that maybe there was another paranormal group out there that was, like, encouraging people to complain about the titles. And I'm assuming that that is something you could probably successfully do with Amazon, is report, get enough people to report a title until it's dropped from the platform. Because they're not super stringent on quality control. They're kind of just going by whatever the audience says. Right. But if that's the case, why target those titles and not all of your titles then? Well, I, because those titles are the independently distributed ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, they created a platform that was supposedly open to independent creators and then realized really quickly they did not want to put in the effort and time and money in dealing with the quality control needed to run that. They don't have the algorithm stuff in place that like Google has with YouTube. So they, they basically are just trying to sort of escort quietly all the independent creators off of that, that platform. Give it time. Like, I think, I think a lot of the people that are on there right now are are probably going to be escorted off. We we're lucky because like we, we signed a deal and we signed a deal with a distributor who's able to really push this stuff out in front of large audiences. So that'll be the thing that saves us. But it kind of sucks given the fact that, you know, I mean, just doing all this independently was great. That's what we wanted to do was control our own future. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think we're still doing that. It's just now your distribution is handled by someone else. Well, and, and people can probably, you know, if they're looking to, to see these titles, they can get them directly from you. 
Yeah, they can get you know, DVDs and Blu-rays are available through STM, uh, which is SmithtownMonsters.com. Um, and the movies are still available. All those titles are still available available on Amazon to rent or purchase. I just can't make them free anymore for people to find. I mean, that's the you know. And having said that, if people want to watch those titles for free, they're available on Tubi, which I know is free, and. Um, they can at least watch like Mothman of Point Pleasant and Boggy Creek Monster and Invasion of Chestnut Ridge on Tubi. And there might be a couple other of the, the free platforms that those are available on as well. Um, so you might want to go elsewhere and Amazon if you're trying to watch those. Yeah, free. take take that, Jeff Bezos. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and you mentioned that you you have something coming out in October. Kind of just give us the rundown of what we can what we can expect from Small Town Monsters in the coming months. Oh uh, yeah, uh, the. The Mothman Legacy drops October 20th, um, and that's our our big uh, uh, direct sequel to the Mothman of Point Pleasant. Um, and, uh, yeah, that comes out October 20th, and then sometime, hopefully later this year, but it's probably going to get pushed in the next year, is going to be the Mark of the Bell Witch, um, which is our look at the the Bell Witch, quote-unquote, haunting uh, from Adams, Tennessee. And then... Um, yeah, we have a lot coming over over the next like ten months. It's it's going to be kind of crazy. Well, smalltownmonsters.com, that's the place to go. Thanks, Seth, for joining us tonight and uh, and and for letting us know. And hopefully, you know, this can get worked out. But if not, we'll just have to create something bigger than Amazon. That's all. Yeah. Hey, one thing too, like if listeners are, yeah, I, I, the the biggest takeaway from this is like support the indie creators you love, especially. You know, like the Bridgewater Triangle movies and indie, there's Finding Jay, there's any number of like independent docs on Amazon, and some of those titles are going to get taken off of Prime, I would guarantee it. So like the best thing you can do is just keep writing positive reviews and supporting that stuff. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully things work out, and hopefully you can come back and talk to us for a whole show with some of the new stuff coming out. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. That is Seth Breedlove. And again, smalltownmonsters.com. If you have never seen one of their documentaries, you have to, I mean, watch what you can on Prime. Go and rent them. Pay, you know, you can pay to rent them. He's just saying they're not free uh, as part of the membership anymore. But you will not be sorry. These are great documentaries. And you will see the, the, the subject matter through a variety of different lenses. He's never just trying to push one viewpoint when it comes to some of these creatures. And uh, if you... If you are also somebody who thinks that the world of cryptozoology is limited to just Bigfoot, <laughs> then you definitely want to watch some small town monsters documentaries because they go into some of these great legends that you might be unaware of that you might never have heard about. So again, smalltownmonsters.com. You can find out all the information there as well. It's uh, it's really exciting, the, the work that he does, but I don't know how he does as much as he does, putting out so many projects a year, and they're all great. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is fantastic. So definitely check those out and uh, and speaking of checking things out as i said we're going to be checking out a little bit later on in hour two we'll do some live investigating here in the spooky studio we have done things here before but never really on the air i want to say that we did a few like estes method and and we've tried to do a few things like on the i know we did a ouija board thing one time on the air i don't know if i was ever present for any of those I think you were. I don't think I was. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that when we did the Estes method, you, you didn't do the Estes method on the air? No, you did. 
Oh, oh, that's right, I did. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. So, but we have done things here in the building before. Right. Uh, and it was uh, it was on what World Paranormal Day. We did some investigating, you know, during the afternoon. Uh, then we've I, I I did something one of the oh I, we did something like during work hours here yeah yeah and we had like almost the whole staff in here with us right doing <laughs> doing uh, conducting a seance over there on the floor and yep. you know which by the way would have been nice if we had a couch in here then uh, but we were <laughs> we, we were kind of you know trying to see if we could connect and we did yeah and then uh, then there was another time when it was I think it was a, a World Paranormal Day where Taylor Cormier came in. At night, after I had finished up my new shift, and, and he and I did a ghost hunt for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. and we discovered this weird elect- electromagnetic anomaly uh, under Gail's desk, really? which we, I couldn't figure out what it was. Like, we couldn't figure out any wiring that would have been there. It's, it's, it's You know, wiring usually has to go from one place to another, and this was kind of just one spot in the middle, which was a little strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no basement here. You know, there's we're like the Alamo. There's no basement in the Alamo. There's no basement at WBSM. So there's um, there's been a few investigations that have done, but never anything that we've really done during the program. Remember when we had to have the studio uh, exercised? Uh, Keith and Carl Johnson. Yeah, we we for years we had a problem where the computer would fire off on its own all the time on us during the show. And, of course, it was definitely paranormal and not the fact that I'm inept at running the <laughs> – <laughs> it's not like I was uh, bad at that system, uh, but the um, I'm way better at Zeta than I was at the other system. But the 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 computer would fire off, and it was causing a problem. And so Keith Johnson volunteered to come in and bless the studio. And we actually opened up the show, just you know, brought up the mic with him doing the blessing. And ever since then, things have been okay until we mention a certain word. There's one word that we can't say on the air. And so there's a, a movie and a book from the 1970s about a particular uh, horror that happened in Long Island mm-hmm. in a certain part of New York, a certain village of the town of Amityville. Um, oh, damn it. I said it. Seriously? I tried, to, I tried to be smooth with it and I blew it. It's like, wow. Uh, I tried to say the, the village of Amity, uh, uh-huh. a village of Amity. But yeah, whenever we say Amityville here on Spooky South Coast, all hell breaks loose. Uh, I think I'm going to be okay, though, because we realize I can say it on Midnight Society and nothing bad happens. So hopefully now that translates through. I feel like we've said it before and nothing bad happened. Well, I think uh, I think it's changed after we brought on one of the actual, so you know, yeah, the Lutz, Lutz family yeah. that was uh, the subject of that. We actually had the youngest son on, on the program sharing the real life experiences. And I think maybe after that, things kind of calmed down. Hmm. Plus, you know, Ronnie DeFeo said that Amityville is going to get me anyway. So Oh, yeah? I actually... Had a message delivered to me, Phil, from the Amityville killer. Get out. Yes. He, through an intermediary, a friend of ours, our friend Jackie Barrett, uh, she was his spiritual advisor and working on a book with him. And when we had her on the program to talk about the book, she's like, Ronnie has a message for you. And I said, Ronnie, Ronnie DeFeo, the Amityville murder has a message for me. And he said for me to stop looking into Amityville because it was looking back at me. Ooh. So, Yeah. But anyway, on to happier haunts. Uh, <laughs> so creepy. So we have um, we have had experiences here uh, before, and we have talked about it. But Phil, I want you to let everybody know what happened to you, because we, you know, we're here at night. We're here alone. 
we're here at times when it's not the usual hustle and bustle of the radio station. You're here nice and early. Right. And you're here early. You know, there's not a lot of people in the building, but there's a lot of energy in the building in the morning. And there's a lot of activity happening in the building in the morning in terms of everybody getting the day ready and, you know, the news department seeking out the stories and two morning shows running. So kind of just setting that table, let us know what happened to you. I go on the air at 6 o'clock. And uh, normally I take my first break about 6.15 or so. So in the uh, first, you know, 10 minutes, I'm giving the top stories. Here's the weather. This is what we can look forward to. And uh, I went into the break. Uh, normally it's about four minutes long. So I had a few uh, papers over here and my uh, preparation for the day. And I'm going through them. I'm sitting where you are. And so to my left, right, to my left uh, is the uh, little production studio with a large window that we can see through. And I saw a figure clear as day standing by the door with, it was a, a he, with his back towards me. And... There were, he was wearing a, a white shirt that was perfectly ironed. That's what I... And the white of that shirt... It was a, a, a white dress shirt. Mm -hmm. The white color was bright and yet very soft, if that makes any sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I looked and... He walked out of the studio. So thinking that it was one of the guys down the hall, I got up and opened the door and I looked around and there was nobody in either direction. And I even called. I said, Gazelle? And uh, so that was what I saw. I, uh, I had to get on with the show, so it's not like I had a lot of time to process all this stuff. And I didn't say anything. To anybody, not even my family or anyone, I just let it kind of like sink in. And I said, I wonder, did I see a reflection? <laughs> I wasn't dressed with anything white. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I told my co-host the next morning and she, during a break, and she went berserk. She said, are you kidding me? Where, over there? I said, yeah. She says, you're going to talk about this on the air. I said, why? And we, we opened the mic and started talking about what I saw. All right? And so that's the, uh, the uh, alpha and omega of it. So let me turn yeah. on the investigator, okay. put on the investigator hat and ask some questions. Yeah, yeah. So you saw the shirt, but you couldn't really make out anything beyond what would have been, you know, the, the back of the person and, and, and the arms. Uh, and A the, tall person. The way you're describing it, the angle that it would have been at, it would have had to have been, you know, a pretty odd angle for it to reflect. Because not only do we have these windows across the way mm -hmm. with the parking lot and that when you're saying a reflection you know you'd expect that maybe it was somebody walking out there right but it's six o'clock in the morning nobody's going to any of these other businesses that are here and also to be near the door it would be a, quite an odd reflection even with this plexiglass in the middle now diffusing 
any reflections that would be coming through. So it's, yeah, it's... You would also see the person walking... Well, of course. Right. Like, and believe me, at 6 o'clock in the morning, you would notice somebody standing over there. You'd be like, well, who's over there? Right. Uh, And and you're right. You know, the, the... Nobody on the morning show on Fun 107 was probably wearing that shirt. No. Because that's, you know, not usually typical attire for any of them. Uh, It's not Mary, uh, the news person. And then nobody else is in the building but them and her and you at that point in time. Correct. Uh, So that's a little bit more detailed than what we have seen. And what we have seen predates who who might have been, who you might have seen. do you feel like you could identify the spirit? Do you feel like it's attached to I do. this building? I do. It's it's a little it's a little hard to discuss for us still because we lost somebody recently, but uh, it sounds to me like it's Jr. Here too. And and what makes me think that it's Jr. is because if anybody had a perfectly ironed white dress shirt on, it was him. Mm-hmm. I mean his his shirts were impeccable. So, in fact, I would often look at it, you know, I'd walk into the newsroom and uh, when, when he was working in news for us and I would look at him and be like, you know, you can wear a T-shirt in here, right? Like nobody's <laughs> going to care what you're wearing in the newsroom, but that wasn't his style. No. Um, so, and if anybody was going to be hanging around here, it, it would certainly be him. Yeah. And it sounds to me like he was just doing what he would normally do in the morning, getting ready for the day. You know, he's mm-hmm. probably going in there, cutting up the weather or something and, yeah. you know, getting ready for the morning show. Sure. So that's a, it's a good experience as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you take it as such. Yes, absolutely. There, there was nothing um, ghostly, you know, about it. It was just a, uh, as if it was very much a part of what it would mm-hmm. be here. So... Now, the other question I have is, did the light go on in there at all no. during this? No, it didn't. Because that's what's happened to us in the past. So where Because Moniz walked in there before and the light didn't go on. So do we know if the light's no, working I turned, or not? No, I turned off the light okay. earlier. All right. Phil and I went in there to see if the laser grid would work <laughs> okay. uh, with these lights running. And so I purposely turned off the lights. Okay. That was my question because I've had some strange experiences with that motion light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Phil, there was a long time where it wasn't working. Correct. And it would drive me nuts because I would go in there and mm-hmm. I can't see well in the dark. And so I would want it to come on and it wouldn't. But we would sit here on Saturday nights. Usually Moniz leaves first. Uh, and <coughs> Stephanie and I will stay a little bit later and, and kind of, you know, just chat. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually uploading the podcast and everything. And we would sit here and we would see, we'd have that door closed and we would see something walk by mm-hmm. that window, a mass. Really? Not anything that we could make out, but like a dark, shadowy right. mass. Like you'd see a shadow walk by, and then all of a sudden the light would come on. A dark shadow? Yeah. It, I mean, dark shadows don't necessarily mean anything bad. It just It's how much energy that they can kind of grab from around them to manifest. So they can be light color, they can be white, they can be gray, but you could see a shadowy mass walk mm-hmm. by... And then obviously there's, so the doorway, there's, you know, about six or so feet of wall and then the window. And we would, you know, in this little time, not see anything. And then bam, the light would come on. Mm -hmm. With nobody in the room to turn the light on. Now I've been able to see spirits my entire life, 
but how many times have we been in here late at night and we've heard something out there, I've seen something and I've jumped and immediately turned my back toward the windows because I think like, okay, there's somebody here. Yeah. So, you know, something's, you know, somebody's gotten in. I, that was, gosh, years before they even put in the big yeah, fancy the second, alarm system that mm-hmm. they have now. Sure. And um, I, I would be startled by something constantly in the hallway. So even... The last time I was here, which I think was about two weeks ago, I was walking down the hall like I always do to come into the the studio and the light flicked on like probably 10 feet before I even got to the door. So very interesting. And uh, and I always had, you know, going all the way back to when I've been here since the locker room days. uh, So 2002, 2003, the old kitchen, the cabinets that we had on the wall, I would go to the bathroom and the cabinets would be open. So I would close the cabinets. I would walk into the restroom, come out of the restroom, and go back into the kitchen, and the cabinets would be open again. Ooh. And this was frequent. It got to the point where I just didn't close the cabinets anymore. <laughs> and so it was, you know, it was very strange and very weird. And it's always been happening at some level. So I think that there's just something here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to get too personal, but I, I heard that, you know, in the, the long ago, there was a salesperson who had passed away mm-hmm. that that might have been who was hanging around here and then of course we've you know we've lost some other folks over the years as well right. that you would think that they would want to want to be here and we would want them to be here mm-hmm. uh, but whatever this thing is that Stephanie and I have seen I don't think it's any of those things no. so uh, after I started describing this <laughs> on the air Taylor Cormier called in and said Phil I believe you because I have seen dark shadows mm-hmm. in the other studio yep. at night. So he said, uh, you know what uh, you're saying. It's hard to see shadows back there, too. There's not, not a reflection. There's no right. mirrors in there. There's nothing. Yeah, you're right. So if you're seeing something, it's 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 yeah. something. There's no, there's no windows. There's no glass. <laughs> there's no plexiglass. There's yet, no reflective surfaces. This is a relatively uh, new plaza. You know, you wouldn't, I don't know. This was built in the late 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Late 80s? As we always say, though. It's the land. It's the land, not the building on it. Yep. So. And this is a very old area. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Very spooky things have happened all around here. All of Sconnecat Neck has weird paranormal (laughs) stuff happening, so. And it's right by running water, so. Have you ever uh, investigated what was here 100 years ago? Never looked into it, Mm -hmm. no. It was a farm, I believe. Most of it, yeah. But, you know, you had a lot of Native American land around here as Absolutely. well because they would be yeah. close to the ocean. Um, you know, I, I only go as far back as the bowling alley. Do you? Uh-huh. Okay. The bowling alley and the pool hall and <laughs> strawberries. Yeah. Strawberries. Wow. You can't forget strawberries. Strawberries. That's a flashback. <laughs> That's something to investigate. That's a ghost now. I'm haunted by the <laughs> fact that I can't just walk down there and get a get a tape anymore. Right. <laughs> That's all right. I'll just go to words and, and music and say, oh, poster. right. Can't go there either. Right. <laughs> all right. We have uh, about a minute here uh, before we go to the news. And when we come back on the other side, we'll do some investigating. I brought in some equipment. Uh, we'll try some experiments. We'll see if we can reach out and communicate with whatever this thing is uh, that we have been encountering. And if not, maybe, you know, maybe we can make a connection with the entity that Phil saw. And, uh, and either way, you know, we'll give it a try. It's National Ghost Hunting Day. Why not? We'll also take some of your phone calls as well at 508-996-0500 if you would like to call in with any thoughts. And I also want to thank everybody that is listening live on Midnight FM as we simulcast the Spooky South Coast program over to Midnight FM. Just want to brag. 
guys. Just brag. Got to talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson this past week. You did. And he actually talked about ghosts with me. He crapped all over them, but at least he talked about them with me. <laughs> he didn't really. He just said, you know, you have to put it on a tabletop for me to believe that it's real. And I said, well, the ghosts don't need to go on the tabletop. But I said, don't worry, Neil. When I find them, I'll call you first. All right. Back with more Spooky South Coast in just a moment. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk Entertainment. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with psychic medium Stephanie Burke, science advisor Matt Moniz, and morning mayor Phil Paleologus. We are here tonight for National Ghost Hunting Day as we are talking about the paranormal. And I'm just trying to get this Gotcha Ghost program working. It looks fancy. It is. Uh, so this is the new SLS camera system. Oh, you know what? I think that might be because of the touchscreen. Am I messing with it? No. <laughs> the wonders of modern technology right especially when you're trying to utilize it while you're on the air right so i mean i'm going to hand this over to you stephanie oh, it's okay. it's literally just there's that program on the left hand corner that you have to hit you'll see it there's only a couple of programs on there okay that's the one that you have to hit to get it to work but i think you might want to just reboot that tablet the same way. Oh, there, yep, there you go. Now it's working. See? I touch it. It doesn't work. You touch it. All of a sudden, it starts working. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you should be able to see us as stick figures. Um, no. If you go to the top, there's a menu there that you can change different views. Okay. And then one of them will give you the stick figure view. Okay. But I thought that would be... Yeah. This is fascinating radio, by the way. Too. <laughs> right, right. Like, here's a bunch of people trying to figure out something as here's they're going on. a bunch on. of professional ghost hunters trying to be... But we have also put a REM pod <clears throat> behind us in that dubbing studio, which has uh, an antenna that is poking out of it that will hopefully detect any electromagnetic anomalies. Mm -hmm. And then those electromagnetic anomalies will force these lights, there's four lights around it, to light up. And it'll make a sound as well. We probably won't hear the sound, but you'll see the lights uh, and the reflection of what's going on. I also brought in some other equipment. Are you getting the uh, stick figures yet? No? All right, let me see that. I'll see if I can. I mean, I can just keep hitting buttons and hope for the best, but. Oh, you know what would probably help? Hold on. The directions? I'll give you the directions. Stop it. I love directions. A man that didn't read directions. I'm shocked. By the way, while we're reading directions, <laughs> what is the Estes? 
method or so this was something that was developed a few years ago uh in estes park colorado where the stanley hotel is which is the hotel that the shining is based on so that's why it's called that but what it is is it is a uh, a different approach of doing what we usually do with the echo well they use ghost boxes so ghost boxes are broken radios (laughs) Yes. I'll be honest with you. As I'm at that antique uh, radio flea market today, all I'm looking, all I'm doing is I'm looking around, is thinking to myself, thinking to myself, these would make great ghost boxes, because what you do is you you make it so that the radio is constantly sweeping through the signals and not stopping. So you know how when you go in your car and you hit the scan button. Sure. or seek button and it just keeps rolling and rolling until it stops on a signal and then it stops on the signal and then you can decide if you want to listen to it or not what you do with it is you basically make it so it doesn't stop scanning when it gets a signal so it should just keep going over and over and, over. and as it goes through those loops the idea is that the spirits grab the words they want to use to communicate from all of that radio noise wow but it's kind of a hit or miss thing because you get a lot of false positives with it so the program that we use that i've used with you before echo vox instead what that does is that only has phonetic sounds put into the sound bank there so there are no words it should only be picking up phonetics like in random order so that when you get a word or even a sentence come through that should be you know a pretty pretty impressive thing and so We've started utilizing, when we do the Estes method, the Echo Vox instead of the Ghost Box. As much as it's known as the Estes method because of the people that developed their version of it in Estes Park, there's been, this experiment has been around right. for much it's just, longer. It's just a double-blind experiment. Right. And um, I think by, because they, they use a very specific broken radio to to do theirs, and they have a complete method behind it. They want specific headphones for theirs. When Tim and I started to kind of mess around with it a little bit we we did it our own way and um my boyfriend and i will do it at events together and very similar to the way that tim and i will do it together as well which we've kind of just kind of turned into our own thing so it's it's actually no longer really the estes method that we do it's just kind of like it um but the program that we use like he said has fifteen thousand plus phonetic sound bites and when um my boyfriend went to go use it for his television show on travel channel he actually spoke to the programmer of the app, which Tim and I know well, and the guy broke it down for him, told him exactly how it works, but said, whatever it does, I can't explain because it's not supposed to do that. It has no way of, of there's no algorithm, there's no way of, of throwing out the words. It's, it's truly random. So if you hear anything, you're actually not supposed to hear anything. And um, it's not possible. It's, but it it's, happens. It's a program that anybody can get if they right. wanna if they wanna do it, if they wanna utilize it and try it out for themselves. All you have to do is go to your app store and download EchoVox, E C H O V O X. And it does look daunting. It is a little confusing. Yes, it is. So what I would recommend is uh, that after you join, go on the EchoVox users Facebook group mm-hmm. because there are a lot of uh, files in there that people have already put together of how-tos, uh, a lot of best practices of how people have had good experiences with it. It's all right there in that Facebook group. And everybody in that group is an avid user of it and are more than happy to yeah, answer any of your helpful. questions. Very mm-hmm. helpful. So, and sometimes Danny, the creator, pops in there too. Like he's he's 
He's an eccentric guy. That's the word I would have used, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff going on in his life all the time, but sometimes he pops in there and he lets us know about like new stuff that he's working on. There's there's supposed to be something new dropping a while ago, yep. and uh, and I haven't heard about it yet. So, What's the strangest or the uh, neatest thing that you've come across? What's the strangest thing that we've come across, Tim? I think Plymouth was pretty strange. Was it, do you think? Plymouth was a nonstop... We had two people, Stephanie and our friend Ty, both up on a stage in a church in Plymouth. And we had them both running EchoVox, but with separate devices. So they were wearing different headphones, plugged into different devices, so they weren't hearing the same thing. And then we were asking questions in the room, and we were getting answers from both of them. And then they were talking to each other. Without he, you know, they, neither one of the people knew what was being said because these noise canceling headphones and the loud program are drowning out all the other sound. So they're just saying what it is that comes through, but it starts to make complete sense to the questions that we're asking and in terms of what each other is asking. And it, one, you know, one of the things that I do with EchoVox is I'll say, hey, I'm going to count to ten, but skip a number, you know, and, I, and I'll go like one, two, three, five, six, seven. What number did I skip? And it'll say, you know, four. And so. I had asked, I think it was Stephanie that I asked, and I was like, what number did I skip? And she said it, and she said four, and then Ty said five, and then she said six. Like, it just starts going back and forth, with the th- and they have no idea what they're saying and right. why they're saying it. Yeah, like, my, my job, blindfolded, and Mm-mm. it truly does sound horrendous when you listen to it, and the idea is it's supposed to kind of put you in a, a trance-like state, or the, the broken radio event, like, um, their version. Very, It sounds very trancey. This is just... It's it's odd. I don't even know how to describe it. The first time you did it, you completely bugged out. I, I, yeah, I did it at the Mount Washington Hotel. And, and the I, princess room. Yeah, the most haunted room in the whole hotel. And I'm sitting there with my headphones on, and I'm just listening. And it's like I'm in a space. It's like I'm in a long mm-hmm. hallway, and there's all these doors opening. And every phonetic sound is somebody opening a door and being like, up, erp, yep, erp. And, and I'm like looking and people are sitting on either side of me. And he was so creepy. And I'm physically like moving toward the sounds that I'm hearing. <laughs> yep. And everybody's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I, And I don't know because I got the headphones on, you know. Um, and I thought I was going to go insane wow. from doing it. So yeah. I, I've gotten better about it. Yeah, his his entire thing was, man, I, I you know, I thought I was going to go insane. This is This is crazy. I don't think I should be doing this. But when can I do it again? Right. So you know what safe. my question is? I've been in radio a long time. Like with AM waves, if you bounce a basketball, that's mm-hmm. how an AM radio wave works, Stephanie. Yep. I wonder where do the noises emanate from that you hear this? So The, bop, the, the, the common theory bop. is that it comes from infrasound. So it's actually coming from just below. The, it's, it's always just below the level at which we can hear. So somebody that has abilities like Stephanie, they are naturally able to tap into that that level and be able to hear those sounds. Interesting. But then the question becomes, but how do you, why isn't it just a big cacophony of noise? How is she able to actually directly communicate with that? You know what I mean? So it's not really just that she can hear a, le- a different layer of sound than we can. Right. Because there has to be more to it because there's an intelligence behind it mm. and a back and forth in that communication. But that that's just one of the theories is that this stuff does come from the infrasound. And when you listen to Echovox, I hear different voice tones in like male or female. And I'm not sure if it's the same for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know obviously my brain's wired a little bit different than most people. So 
when I'm listening, I will go into a trance-like state. I do have the ability to do trance mediumship, like what you guys saw um, in Lilydale. And it's something that I didn't do for a long time. So when I started to do this experiment over and over, um, anytime you do the same thing with the same person, your energies just become entwined. So when I was doing it constantly with my boyfriend at events, it kind of created its own energy. And then Tim and I have known each other for... A decade and we've worked together for so long but when we start to do this the same energy kind of created itself as well so when I start to have these experiences with the this this method that we do it gets stranger and stranger every single time and yeah. the amount of information that comes out I think is a little bit beyond what and a typical Estes method would be the the advantage of having somebody with Stephanie's abilities do this is because when you and I are doing it and we hear it, we're not sure of the word that's being said. You know, we're like, sure, fireman. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're just kind of yeah. like guessing. She doesn't have to do that because she's got that extra layer of intuition yeah. where she just knows. And so when she spits out the word, there's no second guessing. Like if you hear her hesitating about something, it's more probably her trying to process it, which you're not supposed to do. Right. But she has trouble turning off her analytical mind sometimes. But you have to, you have to, when you're doing it, just repeat what it is that you're hearing and not put a filter on it. Right. Because if you do, then you're kind of, you know, and giving an interpretation and we don't want an interpretation. We want a vessel for this stuff to come through. Sometimes it gets, it gets weird. I'll tell you, Phil, a spiritual story that Mm -hmm. happened with it. And this was the, I think one of the last things that we've done together. We were at the mass paracon last year and we were at the, um, uh, the house in Lennox, uh, Venford Hall, yep. the place where the Cider House Rules movie was filmed. Oh, sure. And so we're in the upstairs, <laughs> and there's a a, a, th- a third floor that they wouldn't let us go to. So we the the stairways blocked off. Do not go up here. Mm-hmm. And we're in this room, and it keeps saying up, 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 up through the echo box. And the guy who is doing the Estes method session is like, "What do you want? You want me to go up?" You know, I don't understand what it is that you're trying to say and all this stuff. And, and all of a sudden he got completely overwhelmed. He felt like something was physically like taking him over. Oh my. And and so I said, I, I have an idea. Come come with me. And because he kept saying up, I thought maybe he was talking about the third floor. So I was like, let's go walk over to the third floor and and stand by the staircase and see if that has anything to do with what it is that you're talking about. And he said, as soon as we got to that staircase... He felt that weight lift off of him. I mean, he was super emotional about this whole thing. And then I saw a shadow come up the stairs and just go out the wall. Oh, my goodness. And we talked about it. I talked about it with the guy. He was very, very emotional. And we think what happened was that there was... And I don't believe in helping spirits cross over. But that's what it sounds like. And we came to the conclusion that something jumped into him and he helped it go wherever it wanted to go. And I don't, I do not buy into that. I do not think that we, I don't think people have the right to go and tell a ghost like, oh, I'm going to cross you over now. Like, I think that that's bogus. Sorry to anybody out there listening that does that. I just think that they're, this, I, I fully believe that you think that you're doing it, but I think that the spirit is just telling you that you're doing that to make you feel like you did your job and then can certainly just come right back again if it wants to. I mean, they're definitely... I mean, they can come back anyways. Once they cross over, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, you're just <laughs> suggesting to them that these people don't want you here. Please go away. Right, but there are spirits that do ask for help because they are sure. legitimately lost. Well, sure. Um, I think um, 
this type of method can be used for something like that. You know, that's happened. Um, it can be playful. It can be funny. And at the same time, it can be downright strange. I had um, an event in a Michigan firehouse where I was sitting there in a group full of probably 50 people. And so I was the circus monkey that everybody was watching. Like, okay, we can't wait for her to perform. Yeah. And mm -hmm. my boyfriend was standing in the middle of the, the room. And he went to go walk over to this guy and he put his hand on his shoulder. And there's a video of this too. And I have to find it somewhere. And as soon as he put his hand on his shoulder, I said, hi, Rob. Oh, wow. And he goes, oh, he goes, well, what's your name? The guy said, Rob. And he's like, okay, well, that's weird. He said, well, what do you do for work, Rob? And I said, paramedic. And he said, what? What do you do for work? He goes, I'm a paramedic. And I couldn't see anything. Incredible. I had no idea who he was talking to. I yeah. had no idea what was happening. So it's fascinating mm -hmm. to the people in the audience to be able to see something like that. But I think the, the weirdest <coughs> experience I had with this particular method, oh, they shut the lights off on us. Mm. Um, I was working at an event again in Michigan, which yeah. is a total weird coincidence, but uh, a different part. And... I was with our good friend, Tim Shaw, who actually spent much of his life in Lilydale. Oh, wow. And uh, he's a spiritualist, and he studied with um, many people there. And so he's no stranger to what I do. And we were in the room, and we started to ask questions. And all of a sudden, I started to feel really strange. And I felt that, you know, trance part of myself kind of kicking in. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm safe. You know, Tim's here. He's, he's familiar with trance. And... Um, my boyfriend's there so I'm like okay I'll be fine I started to whatever I was channeling whatever they were asking whatever my my answers were they were coming faster and faster and faster and it felt very heavy and very strange and what I didn't know was I was channeling a spirit that had nothing to do with the state of Michigan but had everything to do with a case that Tim was working on in New York but it turns out the owner of that home was in the basement of the place that I was at at that time, and I had no idea. That is very strange. It was very strange. So very. I didn't realize that it could kind of cross state lines or, you know, do what it wanted to at that point. So that was that was my tipping point of I'm not sure how this method works now. Like I, I had a good grip on it before, but it can change and it can adapt. Can I very quickly ask you mm -hmm. to comment about this, because? Uh, my mom, who's very spiritual, doesn't necessarily believe in spirits. Uh, my dad was killed in a car accident, and so with a sudden death, she didn't have time to say goodbye or anything. Mm -hmm. So she felt as though uh, she was truly torn, and uh, when she'd go to bed at night fresh after his death, there was a fear, a big fear. Short, maybe two weeks afterwards, uh, she heard the door with the keys unlock and close. And she felt a presence come into the bedroom. And she said she was frozen mm -hmm. fearful. And this uh, presence lifted that fear from her there was no word spoken or anything like that and she said that she believes it was mm -hmm. his spirit so when when you were talking about people helping spirits over 
I wonder if spirits help us oh, yes. understand. Well, what, you're, what you're describing is called a classic <laughs> crisis haunting, where a, a person that has died generally returns within two weeks and appears to family members. Um, I had something very similar happen to me, actually complete with a phone call from the oh dead. My, my phone actually rang. I have two other witnesses that were there. It was when the day my mother died. So uh, it, it it is a long-standing history of people having these loved ones come back, and it's called a crisis haunting. Wow. Well, the nicer way to put it, too, without you know the, because I feel like crisis is such a. There are the ones. I'm not the one that came up with it. Right. I know, I'm not but the like one that came up with the term. when people <laughs> say like love never dies, it truly doesn't. You know, that's love the bond that. that keeps us all together. You know. It's it, it doesn't have to be a romantic love or, you know, it can be there's so many different types, you know, and it's it's such a real emotion that that does not stop in death. You know, what, what, what we are description yeah. is we're a physical vessel. So think of like you're driving down the road in a car and you decide to go buy a new car. Well, you're going to get rid of that car and you're going to move your your body to another one. That's essentially what your energy does is it leaves your physical vessel and it just goes on to the next. And, you know, whether, you know, that be reincarnation, like some people believe, or you just float around as energy for a while. We don't know. Every spirit is different. But that feeling and those emotions and that connection that we have with those that are in this life with us doesn't go away. They still check up on us. They still come and they worry about us and they guide us from wherever they are because they know a hell of a lot more than than we do at that point you know so um absolutely (laughs) you know they come and they they comfort us they still check in and um i've had plenty of experiences like that when i was seven my my grandmother passed my mom's mom and it was very quick um from diagnosis of cancer to her passing and i I felt even at seven years old, like the the weird little spiritualist part of me wanted to sleep with my mom every night because I felt like it was going to be comforting in some way, shape or form. But my grandmother showed up at the end of my bed every single night for weeks and she would stand there in like a normal conversation. I, I, that's how I kind of figured out what death was because I had her physically one moment and then she was still there, but not the same. And she would pass messages through me to my mother for weeks and that's when my mom my mom always knew that I was different you know it ran in my family my grandmother that I was talking to had that ability my mom does as well but she knew at that point that this was like a full-blown like okay there's no running from this at you know in just all the stuff that I was talking about and the information that I was passing back and forth there's no way I could have known it was all before I was born so you know they they do make sure that we're okay they do come back to kind of make sure that everything is taken care of so, do you want to try and reach out to some maybe? What do you want to do? Well, first of all, uh, are you getting the stick figures yet? So I read in the directions mm-hmm. that it only maps a full body. Okay. So, so stand up. All right, <laughs> Let's see if this works. Let me come over here. Yep. Okay. Yes, this makes for great radio. It's <laughs> awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, ready? Stand up. Do a dance. Listen, Turn around. Listen, Harry Price did this back in the 1930s. Yeah. So if it's good enough for Harry Price, it's good enough for us. There you go. So I don't know why, but it doesn't map half body sitting down. How well, strange. What if the spirit's only half a body? 
then I guess we're not going to pick it up on the SLS camera. Well, well, we do have that running, and we'll keep that kind of in the direction of uh, what's going on. I pulled down the lights. I pulled down the shades right. just to kind of cut back any of the reflections so that we could see more clearly into the that room. I kind of feel like we should do the show like this more often. I don't like the bright light. So the, the night that – there was one night the first time that I had no co-host and I had to do the show by myself. Yep. I did it complete and total Art Bell style. Did you? He always in did the, the show with, in the dark. So I turned off the lights and, you know, not not once he started doing stuff from his house, but I, I guess like that was his studio mentality. Uh, so I did it that way. And uh, it was it was definitely different. Uh, I've done a few of my shows at home that way too. You know, on the hotter nights when I wanted to keep the heat down, I'd turn the lights off. Uh, but what I've done is I have turned on the Echo Vox. Okay. Uh, I had just I have it running, but I haven't turned the sound up on it. And I figure we can do a few minutes of just a straight up Echo Vox to give the audience the idea of what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then what we'll do is after that we can try the Estes method, and you know maybe we can even let people call in with questions to ask. And the Estes method too. Well, you know how much it enjoys questions from other people. Yeah. Well. Um, for a long time, I was able to be. Well, we call it like you go under because you're underneath the the blindfold and the the headphones, and people were able to ask questions. And then whoever I had the bond with that I was working with at that point was the only one that was allowed to ask questions. And it's actually said before, like, no, Tim has to ask, or no, Scott has to ask the people that I do it with, which is really weird. So. Right. Um, just so trying to make it, gonna work. just trying to make it interactive for the audience. We're also, I think, we're only on the app tonight, so we might have kicked over by now. Um, well, I'm just trying to let them know so that way they don't think I'm completely crazy. If case that's exactly what they say. Let's see what happens so. when we turn this up, though. So this is on an app on my tablet, but it's in airplane mode. <laughs> So there should be no stray signals coming in affecting this at all. Right, and there's no GPS working either. And what what I will do is I will adjust the speeds. Yeah, okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, what you will hear is these words that come through. They're phonetic sounds, not words. There are no words in this. But if you hear a word, then maybe that's the spirit trying to communicate. I just want to put the caveat on this. Words may come through that aren't fit for broadcast. Right. So I'll try and hit the dump button if that happens, but I also apologize in advance if it if it happens. And what we can do is we can uh, we can introduce ourselves. All right. My name is Tim. Can you say hello? You're welcome. I'm Stephanie. Do you remember me? Stephanie. And the best part about this is this will be a podcast. People can go back and listen to it again and again and see if we're wrong. This is Phil. did it say can you say hi to phil hi wow Mm. who is this no i'm tim (laughs) who are you 
It's me. But who are, who's me? What's your name? No, Moniz is over there. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get to introduce himself yet. And they already know who he is. Can you tell us what your name is? It's hard to adjust the speed while I'm holding it. Hold on. Trying to slow it down a little bit. Yes. Stephanie asked you a question. Can you answer her question? Can you tell me what your name is? How about one at a time? Do you know any of us? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who do you know? Something's telling me to, to just limit, try just one voice. Okay. Yes. I'm here. Do you have something you want to say? Can I try a little game with you? Do you want to play a game? I'm going to count to 10 and skip a number. Tell me what number I skip. No, not 10. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. What number did I skip? B. <laughs> B. No. One, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm going to turn on all the voices again. I like all the voices myself. Okay, well, do any of you other voices want to tell me what number I skipped? 30. Weird. It's not that long of a show. Phil, do you have any questions you want to ask? I have a thousand, but I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> it's normal. <laughs> 
Which one of us do you want to speak to? Yes, yeah. Stephanie, you asked Do you know any of us? There's just so many coming through so fast. Just set it and forget it. I'm trying to slow it down as much as I can. Yeah, but... Which one of us do you want to speak to? Stephanie. What do you want to ask me? You want to only tell Stephanie? Do you want to? Do you want to try and go under? How much time do we have? Uh, twenty minutes. I mean, at this point, you could probably just leave it like that, and I can cover my eyes. Unless you want, oh no. No, we want you. To, we don't want you to hear the questions. All right, all right. I did. Br- I brought in the noise canceling headphones, so we can try. It's been a long time. It's up to you. Sure. I feel like I peer pressured her to. You totally did. Use her psychic <laughs> abilities. So Stephanie is going to put these ear canceling earphones on. Yep. And you are going to hear. The voice? Only that, yes. Only that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it goes so loud, and then the noise-canceling headphones cancel out everything else around it that it literally is the only thing that you can hear. Yep. So I'm just going to put it on the highest level here. Yay. Through the headphones. And I'm just going to give the audience an idea. That's through the earphones. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she's hearing the same thing that we just heard, although I will, if she wants it a little bit, uh, you want it any faster than that? Well, you can adjust it. You can just adjust it before you go under. A little loud, loud for her. I don't know why yours does that. Because I have it super loud so that I don't. Like when a door slams? Oh, yeah. You don't get that in yours? I just got a message from Derek. Imagine Lamone's voice coming out of it. Oh, God. Imagine Lamone's voice coming out of it. That just came in from Derek. You just put the headphones on, and all you hear is, What's up, Playboy? Where's your volume? Uh, it's on a rocker switch on the side. A what? A rocker switch? You know, like a, a rocker the up-down? <laughs> okay, but I don't think you have an up-down. It's like a trick. It's on the side. On one of the, the long, uh, short sides. That? On the short side? Yeah, one of the short sides. It has like a... I think you Nope. Oh, that thing? Yep. Okay, that way it doesn't scare the crap out of me. All right. All right. So you just let me know when you're ready, and then we'll... Start asking questions. Okay. 
We still want you to be on the microphone, though. We do? Yeah. We want to be able to hear what you're saying. How's that? Uh, good. Uh, no, but I'm just thinking to myself, um, if if a bad word comes through, don't say it. Well, obviously. Okay. Normally, we wouldn't have a hold back at all because the idea is to just say whatever it is that they're trying to get you to say. Right. So. But I have a feeling somebody, some spirit might be like, mm-hmm. say the F word. It, you know? well, it does happen. And actually, we were investigating a place in Virginia one time and it was raunchy. It was like downright like X-rated raunchy. Really? And we couldn't believe it. And we're like, this is God awful. I'll have to tell you the full story off air. But we actually found out that con- confirming with the mayor of the very tiny town afterward that it was a brothel and a speakeasy. No kidding. And the new owner that we were investigating for had no idea. So it actually does serve yeah. a purpose yeah. to be able to, you know, investigate these things. But it was, you know, a little inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So now we ask her if she can hear what we're saying. And us- this is usually the time that I say something like, you know, Stephanie loves to eat tacos. She eats so many tacos all the time that she gets bad. Ga- oh, she can't hear me because she definitely would have stopped me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, half that story was true. I'll let you figure uh. out which one. All right. So we're going to ask questions. She's just right. going to yell out whatever it is that she is hearing as uh, as this is happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so loud you can hear it coming out of her headphones, even as we have headphones on. Right. Um, who is it that is here with us trying to communicate? We're also going to break Music. radio rules and have Music. dead air. That's all right. What, what kind of music? Old. Can you give us the name of a musician that would perform this music? No. Do you play oldies on the FM? Moniz, would you mind just coming and grabbing the SLS system and just keep that pointed in the direction of them and see if anything pops up around her? Do you have a connection to this building? You can actually hear the voices saying like bump, 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 like humming a melody of some sort. Can you tell us what the melody is that you're humming? Is it a is it a commercial jingle or a or a station ID jingle? Did you broadcast from here? Tim. Yes. Do you have something that you want to tell me? What day of the week is it? What hour is it? Tim. 
What color shirt am I wearing? Bye. Did you say goodbye? I did. Why are you saying goodbye? Wait, listen. Okay. Tell us what you want to tell us. Moniz is picking up figures on the SLS camera. And I just saw one. What did you see? I just saw what looks like a a stick figure walk across. Again, could have been a reflection, but I, what? Yeah, it was like that. It was like that. I saw that in the other studio. So Phil is seeing something walking through the dubbing studio as Moniz is capturing it on the SLS camera. Mm-hmm. Can you come here? Mm-hmm. Something like this? I'll boost your mics up, yes. so just feel free to talk as you normally would. But it, went, it was standing next, that was standing next to him and then went into the studio. That's Are you walking in the dubbing studio right now? Is that you that we're capturing on this camera? Nope. Well, where are you if you're not in that studio? Also notice that the entire time that we didn't ask a question, she didn't yes. say anything. Why? Who are you? What's your name? Why don't you laugh at my joke? What's your joke? I don't know what it is. I love a joke. Is it a knock-knock joke? Were you here the other day when Phil saw you in the morning? Was that you? Were you watching? Phil happened to see you. There you go. Yes. My back? Yes. I saw you. It was me. But who are you? Did you work here? Were you here before there was a radio station here? Are you also the figure that Stephanie and I have seen? It was me. So that was also you? So you've been around here for a long, long time in this form. Forever. What are you? 
Are you good? Yep. Do you protect us? I'm quiet. Why do you stay? So you've been here forever. Where did you come from? Air. Where do you come from? That's a pretty direct response. Keep in mind, folks listening at home, she can't hear the questions that we're asking. Also, the device she's using... The device she's using has no words, just phonetic sounds, and she just said a complete sentence multiple times. Uh, on this thing, I'm seeing more stick figures than there are people. That's. And I'm seeing a very haunted, soft. Um, I want to say light. Very quick, very soft in the other studio. And, and I can tell, she can't hear us because her the, the device is so loud, I can hear it bleeding out of her headphones nope. into my, through my headphones. So we've got double noise canceling happening, and I can still hear it coming through. So you're still making yourself appear for Phil... And from Oni's, what else can you do? There's a light, uh, there's a, a device in the other studio. Red. Right. But there's, there's, a, there's something on top of the board by the window that has an antenna sticking out of it. If you walk over toward that antenna, you can make those lights light up. And then we'll definitely know that you're in there because we'll see those lights light up. So can you just walk toward that round device with the antenna and try and touch that antenna? I and don't want to do that. I would. We, we need to see it, though. It would help us greatly if you could. Even just making one of those lights light up. I'm watching. Why do you watch? What is your role? Spirit. Are you here to to guide us? Are you stuck here? 
do you go other places? Do you... hang around for any particular person? Turn it off. Well, we're going to say goodbye to you anyway. Do you have any final message that you want to give us before before we say goodbye? Nope. Let me tell you. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Get going. Thank Go. you. Out the door. Well, we're not going to leave, but we'll we'll stop communicating with you. Is that okay? Leave. Dick Piggy just walked out the door. Wow. A stick figure just walked out the door. That was this uh, is that was oh, pretty pretty intense. My gosh. Oh. Oof. That's right. So I don't even know what to press here. Yeah, don't worry about that. Well, That's the worst part is opening your eyes again. Right, so we were getting some pretty direct stuff. Uh, direct repetition of exactly what we said. Oh. How do you feel, Stephanie? I'm like, I don't want my eyes to be open right now. <laughs> wow. Well, the light adjustment. Oh, it's rough. Aside. I mean, do you feel like what you were communicating with was human, formally human? Um, no. Uh, I don't. I don't think so either. We're getting. <laughs> did you see it? We are. We just got a little orb in here. Oh. That was over by you, Stephanie. A little tiny orb. I um. Could be. That yeah, was weird. It does have so it has an infrared light that it's utilizing. But this but it was also a has, white. It also has a blinking green light. This was a white little orb about the size of a dime. Hmm. And it kind of went like that. But, oh yes, and, that wouldn't have been Moniz. Um and disappeared. Interesting toy. Mm-hmm. I just I just want to look at it because I haven't used it yet. So, Dude, it's not going to map anything unless I stand up. I know, but I'm just looking at you. <laughs> so it to so be no, it mapped you while you were sitting down, and it mapped Tim. And so maybe because you could see my legs. Yeah, it could. It That's why because I couldn't see Tim's legs, but it, it actually says in the directions it won't map unless you can see the full body, which is so. Strange. Also, I'm pretty fat, so maybe it just didn't have <laughs> enough CPU power to map all Stop of me. It. Oh, it mapped. Oh, it mapped everybody in here and some. Well, the fact that you're seeing so so these are very controversial these cameras right. because you get a lot of false positives with it. But it's it's not just getting the stick figure that pops up; it's getting the interaction. Right. So you know, is she saying goodbye, leave, and then you get a stick figure walking away? Yeah. I mean, that's something there. And you know, we've had people that have said, "Oh, I feel like something's you know touching my hand," and then you point the camera at it, and there's a stick figure holding their hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've also caught stick figures on these things doing other, other things, things that we can't talk about on the radio. <laughs> but uh, I right. can show you the video later. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little X-rated. Like like Stephanie said, love yeah. is eternal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so uh, I think that kind of gave people just a little bit of a taste of what it is that we do uh, and and certainly um, hopefully gave some idea for you, Phil, of, of of what goes on here. You know, what we've known for years is that this place is haunted, that there's something here. And uh, while I don't know, you know, I don't think what you experienced was necessarily tied into what we were having happen here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what we were connecting with here is probably what we've been dealing with for a long time. But it sounds like it sounds like we really don't have anything to worry about because it seemed like it was being a it's some some kind of a protector. Right. And uh, hangs out uh, when you had said forever. Yeah. That was an answer. That was the direct answer to my question of how long have you been here? OK. So. There's there's quite a few direct answers in that. And you'll right. you'll have to play it back on the interesting on the podcast okay. there to hear it. It's always weird to be the person that's sitting there and just shouting out random things <laughs> that you hear, not knowing, you know, am I talking over you? Am I not? Am I just talking by myself? Am I answering anything that you talk about? So. But you can you can hear like, you can't hear, but you can feel like if everybody in the room all laughs at once. You know, like you, you can feel the energy, you feel that energy weird, change. And then you you're like, wait, wh- what right. did I, why did what I just say be so funny? Uh-huh. You know, so. All right. Well, that'll do it for tonight's show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and joining us again. We will have this out as a podcast uh, not too long after the program is over. So wherever you get your podcast from, you can find it there. Go back and listen again and uh, and hear for yourself some of the things that were coming through with this. And if you catch anything that we might have missed or if you think we might have been wrong and something that we thought we caught, all you have to do is email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. Let us know what you think. Take that audio, uh, break it all down, listen to it under your best headphones, You know, run it through whatever processes you want to do. All of our audience that are paranormal investigators, I know that you have experience with this stuff and you can probably uh, really pull that apart. Feel free to do it and let us know what it is that you think that you find. Uh, and of course, we will be back next week. We'll be talking with Susan Slaughter. Uh, we'll find out a little bit about her and also we'll be talking about an upcoming uh, ghost event that she'll be taking part in that you can watch from home. Until then, stay spooktacular. Bedford.